Would you just join me in welcoming uh, Father of our Church, Jim Hunter? All right. Thank you. Thank you. That's a very warm, very warm welcome. <clears throat> so, like Jordan said, my name is Jim Hunter. And you know what? When people ask me, tell me about your church, the thing I love about our church. <laughs> is a bunch of old men and women, old men like me, old women, men, me and Van, Lori Cochran spoke here a couple of weeks ago, and then young men and women, and then children, all the generations seeking the Holy Spirit. It's just incredible. And it's this culture of honor that the young people honor old people like us. They don't say, hey, you're, you're over the hill. They say, hey, we still wanna learn. And we want to learn from the young. And so it's just, I, I've never been in a church like it. But <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, so uh, as Jordan said, my name is Jim Hunter. And uh, earlier in the year, Wilson asked if I could speak on August 8th. And I looked at the calendar. I said, yeah, that, that's okay. And then later I found out that I was going to be following up Bob Hazlett on August 1st. <laughs> And I thought, oh, thanks, jokingly, I said, hey, Wilson, thanks for, you know, sliding me in right there uh, after that, the Hall of Fame prophetic guy. But uh, then we were t I was talking with my family and my son, Nick, who was one of the singers here <clears throat> this morning, he said, Dad, the place is going to be so full of the Holy Spirit after Bob that all you're going to have to do is open up the Bible and start reading and people will begin to fall out <laughs> everywhere. So... Don't be surprised <laughs> if you start seeing people just, uh, because really what, that, what Bob deposited last week is still, it's, it's going to be here a long time, still growing in all of us. So. But I want to talk today about two realities, the reality of earth and the reality of heaven. The reality of earth is, of course, what we can see and touch and feel, and um, we hear all around us. It's where we live. We live in earth, on the earth. But then there's also the reality of heaven. And heaven, even though we can't see it, is also just right around us all the time. And Jesus, when he was living on the earth, he lived um, with this sense that the reality of heaven was more real than the reality of earth for him, even though he was living on earth. Everything he saw on earth, he saw through the lens of heaven. So, for example... Um, in Matthew chapter 6, at the end of that chapter, he's talking about not worrying about tomorrow, he says. And he says, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you, what you need to drink, what you, what you need to wear. He says, the heavenly Father knows you need these things. And he's, he's like astonished that anybody would worry about those things. And yet I read it and I think, well... Yeah, I've worried about those things. When money runs, runs short, I worry about where will I get food, clothing, that kind of thing. Um, and then uh, the story in the, in the boat that's in several Gospels where they're out on a boat in Lake uh, Sea of Galilee, and there's a storm, and um, it's a big storm, and Jesus is sleeping in the boat, and the disciples are so worried, they wake him up, and he says... Why are you so afraid? <laughs> we thought we were going to die, Jesus. That's why we're so afraid. Why wouldn't you be afraid? And then they, they even end that, that little um, passage by saying, what kind of man is this? 
And it's, if they were living today, they might, they might say, you know, what planet is he from? Because he's clearly not from Earth. Because if you're living on Earth, you're going to be afraid if you feel like you're going to die. And then the one that I think seals it for me, there's a couple of verses in Luke. Um, in Luke 10, um, and later on you're going to see some passages on the screen. I'm sorry, these aren't. But Luke 10, he's, Jesus has just sent out the 72 on a mission trip, and they've, um, they've had a great time. They come back. There were signs and wonders. They're so full of joy. And Jesus is full of joy too. And he says, this is Luke 10, 19, verse 19. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. That's a promise. Nothing will harm you. And then later, Luke 21, towards the end of the, of the Gospel of Luke, it's, he's talking to them about when he's gone. He says... You will be betrayed. And, and in this group, okay, it's not exactly the same 72 as he was talking to before, but a whole bunch of the people that were there in Luke 10 are here in Luke 21 also, some of the same people. And he says, um, he says, you will be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. <laughs> okay, so he said, nothing will harm you but they'll put some of you to death. And I think, wait a minute. It, when, you're, when you're living in the reality of earth, being put to death sounds like being harmed somehow. For me, I would, I would call that harm. But, but he said, no, you're not going to be harmed. Some of you will be put to death. And then two verses later, he, there's a little bit of a clarification because he says, and this is 21:18, Luke 21:18, <clears throat> Some of you will be put to death, but... Not a hair of your head will perish. And we know from John 3, 16, uh, um, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And so when you're living in the reality of heaven, like Jesus, all that really matters is are you going to perish or not? You're going to have everlasting life or are you going to perish? And if you're going to have everlasting life, then what's going on here, yeah, it matters, but it's just not as big of a deal um, as we make it out to be. So, but so Jesus wasn't only living in the reality of heaven. He was standing on earth, too. He was living on earth, and he was aware of the brokenness around him. He looked at, at people um, one verse says that he looked on them. Like they were like sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion on them. Um, and as he, in near the end of his life on earth, he was, he was realizing he was going to the cross. And his own people, um, the Jewish people, were rejecting him. And he wept over that. <laughs> he said, that's not the way it's supposed to be. He wept over that. He, he was brokenhearted about the... the, the um, the damage that Satan was causing all over the earth. So he was, he was aware of the broken world that we live in also. So he lived in both of those realities. And, and I believe that God invites all of us to live in both of those realities at the same time. Um, and this is where I get what I'm calling standing on earth, sitting in heaven. We're all standing on earth and that we're living here on the planet earth. Um, but the sitting in heaven part comes from 
Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So anyone who is in Christ, all of us who are saved, we have literally been raised with him. When we were crucified with him, we were raised with him, we were raised into heaven with him, and we are seated with him in the heavenly places. So that's, theologically, that's true for everybody here that, that believes in Jesus. But practically, living as though the reality of heaven is more real than the reality of earth, that's not where I usually live. Um, now, there are moments, like this morning, moments when we're worshiping, um, maybe even long periods of time, uh, where we go, wow, yes, heaven is more real than earth right at this moment. But when we're out shopping or when we're home with our families, when we're trying to get ready to come to church on Sunday morning, it, it feels like earth, 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 and heaven is nowhere to be seen. So... Um, I want to talk about how we can get into this place of living in the reality of heaven, sitting in heaven all the time. But first, I want to hit on just a few of the things that I think we experience when we are sitting in heaven. There's four things, I think. Presence, peace, purpose, and power. And we're only going to focus on the first two of those today. That's all we've got time for. But... God's presence, God is with us. We know theologically God is omnipresent everywhere. There's no place where God is not, so he is everywhere. Um, but that's not the same as believing that God is with us. It's, it's one thing to believe that God is everywhere, but it's really quite different to believe that he's here. Not just everywhere, but he is here with me. And all through the Bible, people have had trouble believing that. And God over and over is trying to convince people, yeah, I'm not just everywhere, I am here. Um, we're going to talk about Moses and Gideon. Those are good examples in a little bit. But Joshua is another one. Joshua, in the first uh, chapter of Joshua, he's taken the reins from Moses. He's going to be the leader of the people of Israel. And Three or four times in the first nine verses of Joshua chapter one, God says, I will be with you. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. He says it over and over, I will be with you. And then Jesus, the night uh, before his crucifixion, um, this is in John chapters 14 through 17, he says over and over things like, yes, I'm going away, but... I'm coming back. I will be with you. You will be with me. We will be together. Um, we're not going to be separated. I will be with you. He says that over and over. There's an old vineyard song, which benefit of being old, I remember the old vineyard songs. <laughs> um, but it goes, uh, the, the lyrics go, I believe in Jesus. I believe he is the son of God. I believe he died and rose again. I believe he paid for us all. Some of you, some of you know that. Um, and at that point, most, most church-going people in the world would agree with all of that. <clears throat> but then it goes on. I believe he's here now, standing in our midst, here with the power to heal now 
and the grace to forgive. That's one of the great legacies of the whole vineyard movement that we believe God is here now and ready to do ministry now. So we're not just going to take down a prayer request, go home, and then later in the week, I'll pull it out and I'll pray for these prayer requests. But no, we value the ministry, hands-on ministry, right in the moment because we believe God is here now. So, and yet, when I look at my last week, how often did I believe Jesus was here now with me? <clears throat> um, you know, there, there are times that I'm, uh, I feel like I need to defend myself. So, a good example, say my wife and I disagree. And now and then that happens, okay? We have a disagreement. And almost all the time, I feel this inner compulsion. I have to prove that I'm right. I have to prove to her that I'm right. I have to convince her that I'm right. And that's very, very hard to do. Um, and I, but I feel, I feel offended if she doesn't believe I'm right. And I feel like I have to defend myself because she's, I'm being attacked somehow. I feel very vulnerable, insecure. And so you could say, yeah, Jim has a lot of issues he's got to work on. But, um, but if I believe Jesus were standing with me right then, would, would that even matter? Does it matter what people think of me or, or whether they agree with me if, if I know he's standing right beside me? No, no, if he's, when, I, when I'm sitting in heaven, so again, I'm, I'm using that phrase, the, the, the picture I want you to get in your mind is, is this, when I'm sitting in heaven, I'm aware that I'm in heaven. I'm aware that I'm seated with him and I'm aware that he is all around me. Um, I know that he is, he is with me and he is enough. One of the great songs we've been singing over the last couple of months is Jaira. I love that song. And um, one of the names of God, Jehovah Jaira, means the Lord will provide. And <clears throat> the lyrics um, go, um, you, are, you are enough, more than enough, forever enough, always enough. God, you are enough. When God is with us, all his promises are true. When God is with us, there is always a solution. When God is with us, we know he is enough. <clears throat> and uh, so a few months ago, and this was before we had begun singing that song, um, I was working on some calculations because next year, 2022, I hope to be able to retire. And so I was doing the math, trying to figure out, am I really gonna have enough? You know, that's one of the questions we, we think about when we're starting to, am I going to have enough money to retire? And so I was looking at it and say, well, if I get this certain rate of return, investment return over the next 30 years, yeah, then I think we'll have enough. But if we don't, gosh, it's going to be close. And so I said, God, will you show me how to invest my money so that I'll get this rate of return so that, you know, we'll have enough? And, you know, again, thinking back, stupid question. Um, but I clearly heard God say, Jim, I cannot promise that I will tell you every time how to invest your money. But I can promise you this. I will be with you no matter what. And, and then he says, isn't that enough? <laughs> isn't that enough? And of course, of course it's enough. When we know 
uh, God is with us, it is enough. And there, there's a reason why I think it is enough. Um, and, and that comes from what I've discovered in Isaiah 40, 26. Isaiah 40, 26 says, Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. I'll stop right there for a second. <clears throat> That's, isn't that amazing? Okay, the stars in the sky, every one of them, God brings them out one by one and calls them each by name. Um, the picture I have of that is of um, Alvin and the Chipmunks, okay? <laughs> now, again, if, 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 you're, if you're old, you remember the original, but I think it's been redone several times. Um, but they, they had a song in the 60s, Christmas Don't Be Late, and they sing the song and the chipmunks do, and then there's this musical interlude, and their coach, Dave, is encouraging them and gonna bring them back in, you know, right on the right beat, and um, he says, uh, you did a great job, Simon, and Simon goes, naturally, I, and then he says, uh, Theodore, you did a great job, and Theodore just kind of chitters, chatters away, and he goes, Alvin, you were a little flat, um, watch that. But Alvin doesn't respond. Alvin's never responding. He goes, Alvin, then Alvin, then Alvin. And then he goes, okay. And he comes in right on the right beat. So, but, so here's what I think is happening. God, every night, every night, he's getting the stars ready to come out. And he's calling each one of them by name. And they have to go out at just the right time. And I think sometimes maybe when we hear thunder, it's, it's, there's a star that's not lined up in the right place, and God's saying, Alvin, you got to get out here. So, anyway, maybe that's not happening. But, but honestly, it's staggering. You know, again, billions and billions, that's kind of a cliche. But that he knows, he calls each one by name. Okay, but then, the most powerful part is the last part of this verse. <laughs> because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Not one of them is missing. In heaven, there's a truth here about heaven. In heaven, nothing is missing. Everything is in order. Everything is in its place. Every need is met, God is enough. And that's, that's the peace. So we have his presence, and from his presence then comes his peace. When you look at your own life, do you ever feel like something is missing? Okay. Family members might be missing financial security or physical and emotional health. Relationships that are important to you might be crumbling. Um, you know, when we're standing on earth, the reality is there are a lot of things that are missing on earth. A lot of things that God wanted to be one way, and they're not that way yet. And um, there's brokenness all around. We live in a broken world, disease, injustice, strife. And God's not asking us to deny that. Jesus didn't deny it when he was on earth. But so... 
what happens then is when those things begin to pile up or mount up, we can begin to believe that God is no longer with us when we're, we're in the middle of, of all that. Um, this is where the story of Gideon comes in in Judges chapter 6. When the angel of, this is verse 12, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And I mean, I love how Gideon is very polite, he, but he's, he's talking back to God, okay? But he's very polite about it. Um, and because uh, what was happening here is Israel was being um, persecuted by enemy nations. They were not living the victorious life at all. He was actually um, thrashing his wheat down in a wine pit so that it wouldn't, wine press so that it would not be seen. He was trying to preserve a little bit of food. For, so he was, as Jesus would say, he was worrying about uh, where his food was going to come from. And um, he says, if, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? So if you ever ask yourself, God, if you're with me, why are all these bad things happening to me? You're in good company because lots of people throughout the Bible have asked that question. Interestingly, though, God rarely explains why those things are missing. He just says, I am with you. I will be with you. When God gave Moses the assignment to deliver the people of Israel from Egypt, Moses was complaining that he said, okay, God, I can do that, except I don't have this skill, this skill, this skill, this skill, and that's what you need to do. I don't have any of that. And God just said, I will be with you. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains <laughs> fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and form and the mountains quake with their surging. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So, Sometimes the things that distract us from believing God is with us are just trivial things. Um, like Thursday night, our family, we were going to um, go out to eat at a taco place in Clifton. <clears throat> I was coming from one place. They were coming from another direction. And so I got there early. And I'm sitting there, um, and there's TVs all around, you know. And so I waited about a half an hour. And I saw this amazing infomercial about all the things you can do with an air fryer. <laughs> uh, did you know what you can cook with an air fryer? <laughs> and I go, wow. And so, but you know, sure enough, by the end of that time, I feel like I'm missing something, okay? I need an air fryer now. I, I'm missing that in my life. Or it can be as simple as waking up in the morning, turning on your phone, checking the sports scores from the night before, your team lost. <sighs> All right, now I'm missing something again, you know, because the team that, that I wanted to win didn't win. Um, all of those things can be distractions uh, and make us feel like, you know, God isn't with us because they just pile on to all this stuff that is missing. But then, but there really are serious things as well 
many of you have lost loved ones recently. I lost my mom last November. Um, many of you have lost, lost loved ones at much younger ages than that. Um, that's hard. That, that, that hurts. That's, you're, there's something missing for you. Um, but he is with you. He is with you when, when you lose a loved one. He is with you when you're a victim of injustice, when someone does something wrong that um, it's just not fair. He is with you then. He is with you if you suffer from a chronic illness. Um, he is with you when, this is a tough one for me, when you make a mistake that causes other people harm. <laughs> he is with you then. He is with you and he is enough. When we're sitting in heaven, then those things begin to fade, fade away. Jesus offered encouragement to all of us, too, who are dealing with a broken world. He said in, in John 16, <clears throat> These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Excuse me a second here. Jesus is saying that even though you live in a broken world, uh, you live in the reality of earth, but I have overcome the reality of earth. I have overcome this world so that the world with more meaning to you uh, is available to you, the world, the world of heaven, the reality of heaven. So how can we get to this place where we're sitting in uh, heaven all the time, where we live in the reality of heaven. And it's one thing to have people declare the truth over you like I'm doing today, and that's not a small thing. We need to surround ourselves with people that declare that truth over us. I love Bob Hazlett's little uh, phrase uh, that he says, the kingdom of God is voice activated because we, we need to speak the truth to one another. Faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God. We need to speak that over one another. So, so definitely, um, uh, you know, surround yourselves with people that are speaking that and um, be in the word yourself, be encouraging yourself with the word. There's a whole, um, there's a whole teaching on abiding in Christ. The, the more we do that, um, the more we're gonna be able to be sitting in heaven um, when Lori spoke a few weeks ago, she was talking about fixing our eyes on Christ. So that's a key element in all of this. Um, but uh, what I want to do is, is give you a, a game plan that you can use when you've not been abiding in Christ. And you're anxious about something. You're worried to death about something that's missing on earth here for you. And I think the Apostle Paul gives us that, that guide that I'm talking about. It's in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. <clears throat> Paul says, <clears throat> Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, when you feel the weight of something that's missing in your life and you're, you're weighed down by concern over that, 
here's what I think we can do. Step one is worship, praise, and thanksgiving. Thank you. And um, actually, this I'm probably going to be able to skip this point because Heidi did this right at the end of worship. She led us beautifully through uh, this thing of, of thanksgiving and praise. And um, I'll just say it again. Um, worship is always the first step in a battle uh, that we're facing. And sometimes it's the last step. You know, the story from Second, uh, Second Chronicles 20 of King Jehoshaphat where they sent out the singers and uh, the army after them, but the army didn't even have to do anything because the power of the worship just won, won the battle right there. So sometimes it's the end, the uh, beginning and the end. But this passage in Philippians focuses in on thanksgiving and the power of thanksgiving. So you may or may not know, but thanksgiving is, uh, thank you is the password into the presence of God. That's uh, where um, Heidi was even referring to Psalm 100. So uh, Psalm 100, um, verses 1 and 2 and verse 4 go like this. And this is the message version. On your feet now, applaud God, bring a gift of laughter, sing yourselves into his, his presence. <laughs> Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise. Thank him, worship him. So when our, when our hearts are grateful hearts, then God just opens up his heart and pours in his presence. It's just, it's just a fact. And so um, putting yourselves in a position where you can say, I know that what's missing in my life, but God, I'm gonna thank you for what you are doing or thank you for how you're at work even in this situation where, where something is missing. Um, that's the beginning point because that brings us into the presence of God. That brings us to where then we're sitting in heaven and now, step two, we can pray from heaven. And this is different. Praying from heaven is different than praying from, uh, from earth. When we're praying from heaven, we, we, we're, up, we're sitting with God in heaven and we can see what is happening in heaven. We can also see what's happening in earth. We see if something's happening in heaven that's missing on earth or we see something um, happening on earth that's not happening in heaven and we can, we can pray about those things. So um, as an example, I wanna walk through um, the situation down in the country of Haiti. Um, you may or may not have listened to it in the news for the last uh, month or so, but um, you know, their president was assassinated. Um, basically what's going on there, um, you know, the government is, is uh, in uh, just shambles right now. The streets are ruled by gang violence. Economy is totally broken. The nation is, is um, just weighed down by these curse after curse after curse over generations. So you look at that and say, is something missing there? Yeah, something is clearly missing there. And honestly, if you're only standing on earth, then um, it's just too depressing to even think about. I mean, uh, uh, honestly, I'll confess, when I, uh, driving home, if I hear that on the news, this is um, about four or five weeks ago, I was hearing every night hearing that on the news, I would just turn it off. I'd say, God, I just can't, 
I can't listen to that. I can't process it. It's too much. It's too heavy for me. Um, and if you're only standing on earth, then, then it is. But if you're praying from, he- if you're sitting in heaven, then when you look at, at Haiti, you can pray like this. You can say, God, I thank you for the nation of Haiti. I thank you that you love them. Thank you that you have purposes for them to give them a future and a hope. Thank you that you're calling them to follow you. Thank you that you're at work now accomplishing your purposes in them. Thank you that you're bringing freedom to them. You're going to liberate them from the powers of darkness. Thank you that you're, you're, uh, you're going to uh, bring victory to those who are following you. And so this is my request, God. Come and do that in Haiti. Kingdom of God, come. Do it in Haiti. And so that prayer can be a passionate prayer, but it's not an anxious prayer. You see, if you started out sitting in heaven, started out with thanksgiving and saying, God, I know you're the one who's in charge here, then you're just praying into the earth the things that you're seeing in heaven. And that's not, uh, that's not worry, that's not anxiety, that's just kingdom authority. And so step one is worship and praise and thanksgiving. Step two then is praying from heaven. And, and Paul promises then that at the end of that process, he says, the peace of God that transcends all understanding, meaning it doesn't make sense, okay? The peace of God that doesn't make sense will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> There's an old Old expression by, uh, of John Wimbers that I honestly had never heard this expression until um, I was reading a book by Randy Clark. Randy Clark, a speaker that's been here at our Kingdom Pursuit conferences and all around the world. Um, he wrote a book called Power to Heal. And um, the context of this is where he, he's talking about in a prayer ministry situation where you've been at a meeting and people are coming forward for prayer and you're part of the prayer ministry team. Um, he says, John Wimber would always say, don't step off the rug of peace. Don't step off the rug of peace. It's kind of this crazy picture. Um, and I don't know, it's because, you know, John Wimber was a child of the 60s, so I don't know if there's a, a you're all sitting around a rug and they're, you know, beaded um, doorways and that kind of thing or not. I'm not sure. But, but it's the idea is you're, you're in a place, don't, don't move off that place. Don't move out. It, it's stay in the place where God is the one who's doing the work. Stay in the place where it's, you're relying on the grace of God to do the healing. Um, don't be worried about whether the person gets healed or not. Don't be worried about whether they're going to be disappointed if they're not healed. Don't be worried about uh, if, if they're going to like you or not like you uh, when this thing is over. Um, all you're doing is being a conduit for what God wants to do at that moment. And if you step off the rug of peace, then you're doing this on your own and nothing is ever gonna happen then. So he says, don't step off the rug of peace. And I think when we're sitting in heaven, so just to compare the two metaphors, when we're sitting in heaven, I believe we're, we're staying on the rug of peace. We're not walking off into something else in our own power, in our own strength. 
when we do that, then our hearts and minds are guarded by the peace of God. I want to just take a couple of minutes before I wrap up here with a note to mothers. Um, and I'm in, I know I'm in dangerous territory. Bob Hazlett said this last week when he was talking about laboring, laboring in vain, and a man has no idea what that means, and I understand. And I know I have no idea what it means, what it feels like to be a mother. Um, but I've seen some mothers who believe, when they read this, they believe, I have to worry about my kids or my family because that's my job. That's my responsibility. I'm not being a responsible mom if I stop worrying. Um, that their identity, your identity is as uh, the way you show your care is by never stopping worrying. And, and I know that God has put this care anointing on, on mothers. That part's from God. That part is from God. But this idea that you can't let go and, and trust your family to God, that you have to always be anxious about them, that's totally from the enemy. That's totally from Satan. Has nothing from God. Nothing from God. There's not one Bible for fathers and one Bible for mothers that said, well, you're really supposed to keep worrying. No, you don't have to worry either. Mothers can, by God's grace, mothers can release their cares to God. And so I just, um, if there's any mothers that, that you hear the Philippians 4 passage and you said, I've read that before, but I'm a mother and I am always going to worry about my kids. Um, I, just, I just speak freedom. That's, I break it off in Jesus' name. It's not from God. The caring part is all from God, but the worrying part is not from God. So I just speak that to you. So to wrap up here, it certainly doesn't make sense to have peace when the earth gives way and the mountains are falling into the sea, like, like the psalmist says. It doesn't make sense. But when we're sitting in heaven, we know that God is with us. We know nothing is missing. We can live in that peace even while we're standing on earth. Bill Johnson, pastor at Bethel Church in Reading, says this. Every peace-filled moment you experience... Right? Every peace-filled moment you experience brings terror to the powers of darkness. Because Satan's only plan is to make you feel like something's missing. He's hit, that's what he did with Adam and Eve in the garden. That's the only thing he has. And if you are living in the peace of God while the, while the earth is giving way and the mountains are falling into the sea, then he looks at you and says, I can't influence that. That's a child of God. I can't influence them. I can't touch them. I threw the best I had at them, and they still trust God. And that not only does it bring terror into them, after a while, um, Satan and his team start to say, you know what, I'm not even going to bother with that person anymore because I can't, I can't do anything with them. Um, I'll go somewhere else. So peace is a violent spiritual weapon. Peace of God is a violent spiritual weapon. So, why don't all of us stand?
<clears throat> so we're, we're standing on earth, right? Because we live on earth. <laughs> but we really can be sitting in heaven, even at, the same, even at the same time, moment by moment, all the time. So if you want that, just let me, let me pray. God, um, you are a great and awesome God, and you are with us. You promise that you will never leave us or forsake us. So every moment, every time we're encountering a challenge, you're with us right then, right at that moment, God. And uh, Lord, I just pray for an anointing that these people would carry out today, that they carry your presence, that they know uh, wherever they go, they're sitting in heaven with you, that the reality of heaven is more real to them than the reality of earth, and that the peace of God guards their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.